Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Checkpoint Radio. My name is James and with me are my three co-hosts and creators of this show. Hi, my name is Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And this is episode one of a brand new video game podcast. We are four friends who have been gaming since the age of Nintendo 64s, PS1s and Mega Drives. And we wanted to create this podcast to share our passion as well as grow a community of like-minded gamers. And we hope to represent the fans and give a perspective from the people who matter the most, the players. So, without further ado, we have lots coming up in today's show, starting with a look at some recent news, as well as discussing one of the year's most anticipated games, Hogwarts Legacy. So let's get right into it. Well, gentlemen, here we are. It's episode one. How is everyone feeling? Everyone good? Yeah, very good. Thank you. We birthday today. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. I, I guess we should start by saying happy birthday, Ben, 19th of <laughs> February. Momentous day. Not only is it episode one of Checkpoint Radio, it's Ben's it's birthday. My birthday. So you had, you had a good day. What have you, you been up to? Yeah, great day. Um, oh, well, I got away with doing absolutely nothing, as you'd expect. I've been chilling, playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 campaign. I've been on a quest to complete every Call of Duty so I'm finally on the last one now. So I smashed out a ton of COD today and nice. sat on my ass, chilled. <laughs> Sounds like a great birthday. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And then had an amazing dinner, loads of people over and ushered them all out the door so we could get this pod on the road. Well, the highlight of the day, surely. Of course. The podcast. Yeah. Seeing your faces. <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> Charlie Connor, what about, what about you boys? What have you been up to? Um, watched the football earlier. Uh, obviously been on Valheim this week. Great getting game. Back, getting back into it as a group yeah. again after a bit of a short delay. Uh, Hogwarts and then mainly just Football Manager. Nothing exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Same old. I've also been smashing out a lot of Valheim um, and catching up on The Last of Us. Oh, oh I still so. need to watch episode five. Um, I've, episode I've only, was really only watched three episodes so far, so... Still yeah. a little bit behind, but... Five, five was really, really good. Yeah, yeah I think I'm it's probably the, st- the strongest one so far. Mm. I know everyone sort of loved the... Um, was it episode was it episode three? Three. Three. Yeah, Bill. Everyone loved the episode, and obviously it was, it was a great episode, but mm. I think episode five, you really kind of get the sort of like... They, they really bring the sort of human threat into it, you know, mm. with these... Oh. Um, without Steph- sort of spoiling too much for, for Charlie, because you haven't seen it yet, but... Yeah, the kind of human threat comes comes into it, and, and, and it's, it's really good the way it kind of ramps up the action and the sort of you know, the yeah. next phase of, of, of the journey for those of us that have played the game. Obviously, we know what's coming. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's great to see it sort of developing. Definitely a shift in tone with this episode. Like like you said, with the threat, everything's just like amplified by 10, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm when you see that wait. for the first time mm. as well, coming out yeah. of the hole. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I really like that bit. <laughs> that, that bit was really good. <laughs> that bit is but yeah, you, you two have got, um, yeah, you two I feel like it's been long enough too. since I've played it that it's kind of all new to me again, which is quite mm. nice. Yeah, I feel the same. There's a few things I'm like, yeah, I recognise this. And yeah, that's just like the game. But then there's a few other bits where I'm like, I don't remember this. And yeah. then Was this in the game? Or? And it was, but I just forgot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did you, start playing, um, well, I mean, just to sort of finish up on the last one, I actually started playing through part one, the PS5 remake. Mm. But I stopped myself because my plan was to kind of play up to where the episode ends. So I could kind of like play along with, with the oh, show as it nice. was airing. But then I was really finding myself not criticising the series, but really comparing it. And it was taking the enjoyment out of watching it. I see. So mm. I wanted to kind of watch it with 
kind of like you, Charlie, you haven't pl- I haven't played it for, for so long either. So that's why I wanted to play it as well. But now I'm going to wait till I've finished the series or the, finish, the series has finished until I go back to the game because I'm, I'm kind of putting them side by side too much and it's sort of ruining it a little bit for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, apart from that, I've not really been up to too much, just uh, preparing for this podcast, getting everything ready. I mean, I'm really excited to finally be kind of, you know, doing episode one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really fun and playing playing Valheim with you boys. That's that's kind of our go to game at the moment. We're spending loads yeah, it of really hours is. on that. But um, yeah. So that's the uh, formalities out of the way. Should we should we get straight into the news then? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Right, so we've got um quite a bit of news to get through. I mean, never a dull day in the industry, as 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 you all know. Um, Embracer Group. So we wanted to talk about this a lot because it's kind of the video game giant you've never heard of, but there's been some big developments over at that studio. Well, at that studio, it's like a holding company in the past few years. And uh, Connor, why don't you why don't you tell us what they've been up to? So we discussed the Embrace Group fairly recently in the test episode, like just to lift the curtain a little bit. But in the past week, like the week, 10 days, there's been leaks coming out from the CEO had a, like an in-house press conference i believe and what's happened in the past week is they've got their hands on the majority of the ip for lord of the rings not all of it but they've acquired is it, is a lot it just it's just the, the video game adaptation rights isn't it yeah as as there's something to do with i think they can do sort of what amazon's done but i think amazon for the most part own like the film rights and the tv rights at the, the moment action rights yeah yeah so they've got five lord of the rings games that are going to be coming out in the next 48 months Exciting. Jesus. So, um, mm. Are some of the titles already released? Yes. Like we know. Uh, no, announced, not a le- released. Sorry. Yet. Is yeah. it, so is that is that Gollum game part of this? This <coughs> yes. This yes. new mm. slate then. So oh, okay. I'll start with the Lord of the Rings ones quickly, and then I'll, what's going on with Idos and Crystal Dynamics? So uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is that stealth action game, which is due to come out this summer. That's part of it. There's a Lord of the Rings mobile game coming out and there's also we saw it at the epic showcase there's like a slight teaser trailer of lord of the rings return to moria which is that okay. valheim sort of procedurally generated game okay oh, right, okay that could be cool. i don't know about this that's got uh, my interest already it's you, about you say valheim i'm immediately interested I'm like, in that Ooh, wait, he, what? Is, he is prick up yeah. <laughs> the um the tease is about a minute long right and yeah, basically you are a dwarves you create your character and it looks like the characters look quite similar to Valheim, obviously. Okay. The graphics are, are better. And you're taking the goal of the game is to take back a procedurally generated version of their home. So there's crafting in it. There's hmm. so very similar to Valheim. Not much else is known. And there's two other games in the works that we don't know of yet. Shadow of War follow up, maybe? Maybe. And there's Yeah, that'd be great to see. Um one of Peter Jackson's companies. I think are starting to get into games, so I think that might be one of the people that are creating a game. Okay. Okay. But they they haven't messed around though. Like if you say no. Gollum's coming out later this year in summer, it's come out last year. But yeah, it's but they out. they only grabbed the rights to Lord of the Rings in August last year. I don't know how it worked. I don't know if they bought the studio that was making that game and then oh. got the rights or vice versa. Yeah. I see. Because you you look at. They own THQ Nordic, Crystal Dynamics, IDOS, yeah. Gearbox. Well, let's, let's name before, a few. before we kind of go go on into the Lord of the Rings scene, let's let's take a look at the company as a whole because this is quite interesting. Um, obviously, a lot of fuss has been made of the Activision 
acquisition, well, the, the possibility of the Activision acquisition by Microsoft. But the Embracer Group are kind of going under the radar. They're 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 buying everything, and this has been oh, going mate. on for years mm. now. So THQ is one of the studios they've they've acquired. Saber Interactive, Deep Silver, Gearbox Software. As of 2021, that cost them 1.3 billion dollars to acquire them. Square Enix, as you say, Coffee Stain Publishing, who publish Valheim. So some of the games under some of these 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 banners: Destroy All Humans, Generation Zero, Quantum Break, Snow Runner, World War Z, Dead Island Two, Saints Row, Chivalry Two, Metro, Persona, Borderlands. The list literally goes yeah. on, and you have heard of yeah. at least one, two, maybe three of those games. So mm. their reach is huge. They've got 224 projects in active development, including the five Lord of the Rings game that you, that you mentioned, Connor, and 11,000 employees globally. So, you know, people sit there and they, they talk about this Activision thing. I mean, Embracer Group, they're, they're going to have a serious monopoly on the industry. Yeah. and like, If you haven't got, heard of them now, you'll hear, hear about them real absolutely. soon. And they've got uh, a working relationship with Xbox at the moment as well. Uh, Perfect Dark, which they're now helming, which yeah. is a collab between the initiative and Crystal Dynamics is being funded by Microsoft. And they're also helping out with Fable. I think I just want you out helping out Fable. Crazy. So, yeah, they're definitely a, a powerhouse or fast becoming. They've gone around really smart. They've THQ was like on their knees. They were close to like shutting down doors. So they bought their IP off of them. Crystal Dynamics were struggling slightly and then they got involved and then Amazon got involved. So that's being funded. They're not funding Tomb Raider from what I understand. I think Amazon are. They're just oh, really? going to be. Getting the pro- yeah, Amazon have got the Tomb Raider IP now. That's why those yeah, TV shows. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, aren't they reboot? They reboot. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, they're rebooting the movies, aren't they? Yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridges is um, okay. pending the TV show, I believe. Fair. So That's yeah, cool. they're buying up everything. Mm. Yeah, but I know that um, in the shadows. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the the studios that we mentioned are like subsidiaries of of the embracer group so they kind of can operate independently but ultimately mm. all the kind of profit and stuff goes through them and like the the fund and everything will, will, will go yeah. through them because they're the ones who are kind of like you know basically controlling ultimately all of these companies even though they've largely got autonomy on the games that they develop yeah they, they, they actually as of september 22 yep. the embracer group has got 132 game development studios under their banner crikey Crazy, so, isn't it's, it's a lot bad. way more than xbox has i think for xbox so the problem is is that they're they're constantly in the limelight because they are one of three big console than, makers and obviously they're spending a lot of money on this potential activision um, they've deal. got more than sony and xbox and probably even maybe even nintendo combined at the moment yeah and i think they're smart yeah because i doubt i doubt they're going to make a console they're gonna no. let Sony and Microsoft take the loss on the consoles. They're just gonna. They're just gonna make have the all software. these massive titles. Yeah. No, I th- to be honest, I think that's exactly why there's not a, a big fuss about Embracer Group buying everything up. Whereas there is a big fuss about the, obviously the um, Xbox Activision. acquisition of yeah. Activision. Also, it doesn't help that they're doing it quietly. Sony and Microsoft are sort of like taking shots at each other. Whilst this is going on in the background, <laughs> but it's like Microsoft have done there, it. Well, Microsoft you want you want to buy Bethesda? Well, I'm buying Bungie. Yeah. Microsoft have done some dodgy dealings. Sony have done some dodgy dealings. 
now they're yeah. chirping at each other. They're but both they, probably in the wrong. Yeah, they they haven't got the problem of of like you said, kind of like because they don't obviously there's they've got no commitment to a console because they nah. just make third party games and I'm I'm sure that they will license some exclusivity <clears throat> to one of the consoles yeah. at some point that that'll be part of the business. Well, but they I'm, can I'm just assuming... well, sorry to interrupt you, but they 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 can just okay. buy the the studios and buy the yeah. publishers and then just continue to sort of profit off of the games that they're making and not really piss anyone off. No, so they've come in. Perfect Dark could be a Microsoft exclusive. Well, they'll get you know that because, it, there because Crystal Dynamics are helping development. Yeah, and there's bound to be a studio that they own that's probably got a very, very good working relationship with Sony, even if it's a six-month exclusive. Yeah, it's it's money in their pocket. Mm. And you look like you look at the IP they own. Mm. It's not just going to stay at video games, especially with this TV and film sort of re- yeah. renaissance of. Yeah, shows and films that are coming out they're actually pretty decent well it's Tomb interesting Raider. because you know having these 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 studios like Amazon for example that are capable of making the TV shows the films and the games a uh, similar thing happening with, with the newly reformed DC studios like their mm. their plan going forward is to incorporate video game development into their kind of slate of DC TV shows and films so this kind of like I remember back at um, when I was at, when I was at school and I did a, a media studies and one of the one of the segments of that was new media, and this kind of like, I think it was called transmedia at the time, where where you'd have like yeah, an yeah. IP that could be kind of um, produced or developed for different mediums, and it would all kind of like promote the story of this IP. Halo, for example, I know the TV is not canon to the TV show, but Halo being an example, like you'd have a Halo game, then a TV series, then a comic book, then an animated series. The Matrix was a great example of that. Yeah. They had yeah. like comics, games and... Visual novels, comics, yeah, that's books. It. Yeah. And they all contributed to the to the ultimate story. Yeah. All canon. The, the Embracer group, like if you go and, and look them up on the internet, they describe themselves as a um, entertainment and video game holding company. So it's not like, oh, we specialise in video games. It's like they, they kind of got their, or they're maybe looking to get their finger in all different types of pies. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, to me, it seems like their strategy is to nab as much of the market as possible and just piggyback on the success. And then yeah. once, if they have a game failure here or there, it's not actually that damaging to them because mm. they'll have so many other projects in the yeah. line. I'd like to know who controls their acquisitions because they're not going and buying like... We're going to talk about them later, but like Respawn, they're not going yeah. to go and get a big, big studio. It's more they're like, buying... it's, it's strange because a lot of the names that we kind of listed off a minute ago, they're, they're games and studios that you've definitely heard of. So it's and like, they're, they're, it's mem- it's, they're recognisable names, but they're not yeah. kind of like too high profile that it's going to cause a bit of a stir as, as the Activision no. and Call of Duty stuff with Xbox has done. THQ were massive when we were growing up. They owned everything. Oh, they made yeah. the wrestling games. Tony Hawks. Tony Hawks. Like Probably goes loads on. of others. Mm. Yeah. Idos would make it. I think they were doing, I think the Colin McRae games or some sort of racing game. Yeah. I, I've got I've got memories of them, like PS1 era. Mm. I, I couldn't, couldn't tell you the names now, but yeah. off the title. Idos so. obviously make Deus Ex and like the first Deus Ex on PC is regarded as one of the greatest games of all time, but it's fallen on hard times a little bit. Take that. That that could easily become a TV series and be a very mm. good TV series. Yeah. Well, it's um it's interesting to see where that goes next because like, no, there's no sign of the Embracer group actually slowing down 
when it comes to these acquisitions. So um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll keep an eye out for that and uh, see yeah. see how that goes. Right, next up for for for, for news, Apex Legends. This is one of my favourite games deathmatch. of all time. Uh, Team Deathmatch, new season update. Has anyone played it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's great. I think TDM, it's been out on the Apex mobile version, which is actually getting closed down soon. Um, but yeah, TDM has just released. It came out with a new season on February 14th. It's a limited time event, only lasting for about a month and ending on March the 7th when they'll introduce a new mixtape playlist, which will include some of the previously dropped, or not dropped, but previous limited event game modes, all into like a mixed bag. Yeah. But I, I think TDM's great, jumped on it, gives you that kind of um, arenas feel where it's not the commitment of playing a full-on battle royale with yeah. the time it takes to loot and everything, mm. but just the the action that you crave really instantly there's no there's not much punish when you die mm. and i think it's lots of fun and when i jumped on it i was hooked yeah because the um the yeah. the, the the general kind of mechanics of that game and, and the gunplay is just solid like straight nine ten out of ten the the gun oh, the yeah. gun mechanics are so good in that game and it is really satisfying to kind of um just just to play generally you know it's one of those yeah for me it's one of those shooters at the moment that is sort of your, your go-to and for a lot of people Apex is like their go-to shooter and we've got a lot of shooters yeah. out, you know, Call of Duty, um, even like other battle royales like PUBG and Fortnite. But Apex, you know, I remember when it came out, it kind of like just came out of nowhere and like you and I, yeah, Ben, we jumped on it like literally it. day one. It was like, fucking hell, as soon as yeah. the game has come it's out. like, you can play the game now. now. <laughs> and the one thing that impresses me about Apex is the fact that they just managed to keep the numbers for so long. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at the Steam charts now and it's got 200,000 people playing it. And this game has just continued to have like a high player count consistently. It's never but they're always it. People love it. Updating, updating it and, and always. rotating yeah. like stuff on it. And, and it, it kind of, whereas some games, do you remember um, there was a period with Warzone 1 where it was just radio silent from the devs? Yeah. There were cheaters everywhere. Yeah. There was no word on when they were going to sort out the issues with the game. There was no updates coming and it was just like, well, what the fuck? Have you, have you literally just yeah. turned the server on in the server room and then fucked off and, and left, everyone out, and everyone left everyone to yeah. do what they want? Well, I think they've just dropped TDM. I think they've already changed it because it was round-based. And now we played a game earlier where it was first to 50. Yeah. Because oh. I think there was some oh, okay. people going, why is it, it round-based? Interesting. Some Interesting. sort of hoo-ha about it earlier. I've not seen anything about that. No. I haven't played it today. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, the, See, the, 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 I'm a bit gutted because i really okay. like the arenas i don't know if it's controversial it, i don't like the battle royale it's not for me yeah it's, I, I can't it's not get everyone's to grips cup with of tea it, but i love the arenas i've fallen out of love yeah i think the, so the problem with it's gone. with well as far as we're, we're aware we'll be back at some point because i think it looks like maybe yeah maybe it looks like the plan going forward for apex is to um kind of rotate these game modes on a regular basis mm-hmm. um but as for the battle royale, yeah, I kind of agree with that actually. I, 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 well, like I just said, me and Ben played that game when it dropped. Played it for many, many, many hours, sort of in in the following uh, weeks and months and, and years, and then left it for a bit. But then when arenas came out, that really brought me back to the game because it was a, a mm. super competitive, sort of like highly challenging, skill based yeah, you sweet. versus them 
and and like because there's a lot of bullshit with with br games and you know we've played enough of battle royale games in recent years to, to to know this and understand this that it can take you know kind of so long like the mid game in most battle royales is just painful um yeah and i don't think there's a single br game out there that's got that bit right and a lot of it is down Maps to sort of your input big. and and you know but with with arenas yeah, so it's a really it's a really solid game mode, and I'm really glad they've they've added TDM because they did have um con- like a control sort of base control. game mode. It's really good a few game seasons well. ago, which was re- also really fun. So I'm I hoping never played that. Yeah, it, it was good, but I'm hope I'm hoping that they can kind of put all of these game modes into into a bag and then just rotate them regularly, even if it's like weekly or seasonally or whatever, just to keep it fresh, you know, and always like kind of change and evolve it. Yeah, I think that's the plan for this mixtape. There will we will see all the previous um, formats come yeah. back on a sort of a short time period. So I don't know if that's going to be the permanent sort of addition to the game once March seventh comes around. But who knows? I'd like to be able to just choose your game mode, though. I th- yeah, I think they've got yeah. a, a big enough player base that you could run TDM arenas, whatever this control mode was, Well, simultaneously. It's, it's, my one criticism with the game is the matchmaking because there have been many times where I've matched into a game in arenas, for example, and been on a smaller team with a missing player and similarly been matched against a team with a missing player. And even the same with this recent TDM update. Um, it's not good because the game is so kind of like balanced and competitive that one missing person can throw the whole thing off. Yeah, so it, it kind of sucks that that there's still those issues with with matchmaking in the game. It's a, it's a running theme with EA games. The matchmaking's never good. Like me and James we used to, especially play a lot of FIFA. The servers are terrible. Yeah, two out of three games are always going to be buggy. EA, EA are stingy. Mm. They don't want to pay for for more more servers so and more bandwidth. I know. Uh, Battlefield sort of fought against it with its own server browser yeah. so, so people could host stuff it's definitely something EA needs to look at but they probably won't yeah well just to just to wrap up with, with Apex and there's been some actually news from the business side um, a couple of high profile employees have left Chad Grenier who was at Respawn for 12, uh, 11 years um, has left and to form a new studio called Wildlight Entertainment with a f- with former Respawn employees. He was at Respawn for 11 years and they're looking to create a another shooter, I believe, just independently yeah. without kind of, you know, the EA hanging over them and telling them what to do. That sounds like it's got promise. And I, I'm excited yeah. by that. I mean, Respawn made some amazing games and I kind of have the trust that these devs know what they're doing enough that they can branch off, do their own thing. They probably have an amazing idea in mind. Yeah. Enough for them to leave. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited to see what they create yeah. when the time comes. Well, they're not the first, so like, a few people from Respawn left, I think, was it last year or maybe the year before? To yeah, last Gravity year. Gravity World Games. Yeah. And the people that left then to form that studio, they had some serious kind of like work on their, on their CVs going from back to Modern Warfare, like OG back in the day, Titanfall 1 and 2 and Apex Legends. Like you, if you've worked on all of those games and you list that in yeah. your kind of CV, that's like you're listing off the best first person shooters of all time. So yeah, yeah another 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 sort of small studio that we can keep a lookout for in the future. Not yeah. surprised they've left. EA have had a load of cuts recently. Obviously Titanfall Legends got cancelled whilst it was in the works. A lot of cutbacks. Yeah. Apex Legends, the mobile game they're just getting rid of. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably sick, like you said, of EA just getting involved all the time. 
Can't yeah, it could, it. could be to do. It could be something to do with it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two studios, and um, hopefully, we'll see some news soon about what they're working on because I'm really excited to see that. Um, mm. So, moving on from from Apex uh, game release, well, an unexpected game release, Sons of the Forest. The most wish-listed game on Steam is going into early access to avoid further delays. I like that strategy. We had a brief discussion about this off the pod, about the games that will get delayed endlessly or seemingly endlessly, but the strategy behind releasing a game in early access to avoid delays, and then they can also hold their hands up and say, any bugs, any issues that you face, the game's still in early access. It's just kind of win for everyone, really. It's kind of like... You have to pay us to test our game for us and then we'll fix <laughs> yeah. what you find. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I mean, like, look at Valheim. That's a great example of a game that's technically in early access, but performs that's, way better than... With Valheim, though, that studio is better than 99% of early access studios because they're constantly updating and they're constantly oh, yeah. telling you what's going on. Yeah. That's it. So if this is going to be like that, then I'm all for spending my money. A lot of these early access games are dodgy. I, I, for this game in particular, I don't think that it's an issue. I think they're going they're going to be all right. I mean, the the first title, The Forest, also released in early access. Um, that wasn't that think, one of the that was that one of the pretty swimming like day. yeah, it was one of the early access sort of success stories from original from, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess they've got that good faith, and never they? If, they if they've done it before and they've done it to some sort of degree of success. My only kind of issue with early... Well, actually, I've got several issues with early access games, but I'm always sceptical that is it going to draw out development for longer because there's kind of like that relief that the game is not being delayed. They've not pissed off the the fans by delaying the game. They've given them the game, essentially. So now there's kind of no pressure to sort of meet these deadlines. So I do Mm. think that is kind of like... For me personally, it would be nice if they say, okay, right, the game is coming out on early in early access because we don't want to delay it so you can play it in the state that it's in. However, the firm release date is this date. And, and yeah. so version they've one will be gi- released on this date. They've not given a firm release date. They've said that they, they're, they've approximated about six to eight months before it becomes a full release. Yeah, I think it depends on like the genre of game though, because for instance, Valheim and then Sons of the Forest, they're both survival games. And I feel like the scope of a really good survival game is quite expansive. Like they're with Valheim, for instance, the additional content they can continue to bring is is kind of like endless. You can continue to bring loads more to that game. So I feel like with survival games, because the scope of like any all the tools that you can make and all the buildings you can build or all of the survival elements of the game are so much more intricate that having an extended development just allows them to just go deeper and delve even further into like how yeah. epic the game could be if that made any sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But then there's also the question of like, what do they hold back for the full release? If they keep, if they're keeping, mm. if they if they consistently kind of drip feed um, bits that they've developed and added to the game over the months, then the difference of the game sort of pre-release and then full release has to be substantial for me anyway. Because then mm. it's like 
you've played the game already. You've played the game months before it's come out and there's no sort of real big difference unless you get really sort of early in and you're playing the game in like a barely playable state and then you've sort of stuck with it all the way through to kind of the 1.0 release and it is like a fully finished game with all these extra features in it. I kind of don't understand like, what we're saying I don't understand is it's not the right way to describe it. I don't kind of, for me, it's just it's just a weird one because I would rather them just delay the game and me not play it mm. until it comes out and it's finished. Yeah, I see. I, I don't understand why they just didn't release a beta. Yeah, release a Could snippet on the game that lasts like 10 hours. Maybe like just offered to the people that played The Forest. I know that yeah. um, I'm really excited for the game. I think the game looks great. Um, I really like the, the AI they give you, the NPC. I think yeah, that, that's a good thing. Um to eliminate people that maybe haven't got people to play with. I think that's a really good idea. But if they're mm. six to eight months away, they should be ramping up to go gold. So it it does reek like we're going to need your money to even get this game out. Yeah. It's my only gripe with it. Yeah. Does it just enable them to extend yeah. development? It's the complacency the thing. Like that's, that's the thing that I kind of don't... I mean, I, I obviously, we're, we're just fans. We, we're not privy to what goes on in the industry, in, in these studios when they when they develop the games. But for, for, for a fan on the outside looking in, I kind of like get the impression that for some of the people working on the game, they might think, oh, what a relief. We don't have to, you know, do crunch, crunching work hours to get the game out now. Now we can sort of like chill for a little bit and, you know, sort of take our time with it and we'll just pin a release date down that's like eight months away. Like if if so, my my question to them would be if if your publisher said to you you're not going into early access, get the game fucking finished. When do you realistically think the game would be finished? I guarantee that date would be different to what they've kind of proposed in this six to eight month time frame. It'd be a lot shorter. Well, that's my yeah. hunch anyway. Yeah, it does reek of like PUBG was in early access for years. You've obviously got the money yeah. laundering scheme that is Star Citizen. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Does, how long is early access going for? Well, this is Up the thing. You. How long is early access going for? Yeah. Like, how how there are games like Valheim, as good as it is, it's been in early access for two years. That mm. is that's not early access. Your game is not finished. It's not developed. Like you that that you need to release one point zero like now for it to actually for that early access period to be any sort of credible sort of you know in terms of kind of fan involvement and player involvement and feedback and stuff like that because. It's like you've just ran a two-year fucking QA test, and it's mm. just—it's just for me. It's just a little bit of a. I get why the, some developers can do it, particularly independent studios. You know, they might need the additional income. That's fine. Valheim are actually quite the, the the developers are quite lucky that they've made a really good game in the state they was in when they released it into early access was you know pretty good compared to games that are fully released and broken. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned Star Citizen, Connor. We're never going to see that game. Why would they change it's, anything I, now? They they got players no. that are in there. They're spending thousands of pounds on the game. They've, it's essentially got a subscription base, but which isn't yeah. capped at like nine ninety nine a month because people are buying all sorts of stuff. I I do I think the older that I get, the more cynical towards these studios I get. You see the day before, like losing their trademark to a fucking calendar. Like, <laughs> I don't trust these studios. <laughs> I, that game's never think, coming out. It's never coming out. And it's been uh, delisted, because oh yeah, because that was the whole yeah. thing for Sons of the Forest yeah. is the most wishlisted game on Steam, and it dethroned the day before because it got delisted because yeah, it's probably a scam. 
And half of me is like brilliant because they've also dethroned Starfield, which we don't know whether it's coming out this year at this point. They're ramping things up for an event, but that's been delayed. So we don't know when that's coming out. And this game, they've sort of said, oh, it's out, what, on the 23rd in early access? So people are getting excited for it. Yeah. But then part of me is like 18 months, two years from now, where is the game? Is it still in early access? Maybe it's because we, we remember the, the time when you could go to the shop, buy a game, and that was mm-hmm. it. That was the game. It was done. The day you pop it into your console, you played yeah, it start it to finish, and they couldn't do anything else to it. It was done. The day one patch ruined video games. The day one patch has ruined video games. Right then, shall we uh, shall we move on then? Yeah. So, arguably the first biggest game release of the year, Hogwarts Legacy. We've all been playing it. Um, this is a game that I think many of us probably fantasised about when we were growing up watching Harry Potter, you know, growing up with Definitely. Ron, Harry and Hermione, wishing that we could go to that school and <coughs> Guardian Leviosa, our bullies, over ledges <laughs> and into trash cans. Um, yeah. Well, here we are. We're, we're able to do that in some regard, you know, some, digitally, I, I guess. Uh, so initial impressions, what do we think? I think we've <laughs> all spent a varying amount of time on the game. Um, Charlie, I'm really interested actually to hear what you think because I know you're not a Harry Potter fan, but you are enjoying the game. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm very pleasantly surprised with this game. Um, I think you guys all know that pre-release, I was pretty much indifferent about this game. You were all very hyped, looking forward to it. Such a Harry Potter. And I just, I was like, meh. <laughs> I, I don't hate Harry Potter. I'm just, just like, not, I'm just not, not a huge you. fan. Like, I've so, seen the films once. That's enough for yeah. me. Yeah. Very pleasantly surprised. So Ben obviously shared his library with you whilst he was away from work so you could play it. Yeah. It's got its claws <laughs> under you clearly because you've bought it now. <laughs> I, I have. I, yeah, I'm, I'm big enough yeah. to admit that I have given them my so, money. What? What's made you go back to it? That's what I want to know. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just drew me in. I've i have been in, enjoying all of it, really. Um, I like the combat. I think that's very good. It feels so mm. good when you chain together like a sick combo of spells. Yeah, just, it does. It like, really, really does. It really does. It, it reminds me of like Arkham Knight or yeah. something. Like you can really pull some sick combos together. Yeah. yeah. And the and counter... Like yeah, and I've got to a point now. Where I'm only eight hours in, maybe something like that. Mm. So I've not, I've not unlocked a huge amount of spells, but I've got enough now that I can kind of mash people up, which is fun. Mm. Yeah, you don't really need a Vada Cadaver when you can set people on fire and then fucking depulso them off the edge of a cliff, <laughs> or freeze them, yeah, freeze them, and slash them into bits. Right. So I've not got those dead. yet, but uh, I look forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying to Connor the other day. I find myself like I'll be running somewhere for one of the quests and then like just get sidetracked for like two hours doing mm. just other stuff. So yeah. puzzles and little side missions and finding yeah. this or that or the other. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I really underestimate about the game because admittedly, like I I was I was hyped for the game, massively hyped for the game. But aside from maybe watching one or two gameplay videos that were released for promotion, I wasn't really sure what to expect from the game, but the open world 
is brilliant. It's amazing. Oh. Like there's so there's so mm. much to see. And when you get your broom and you can sort of like get around a bit easier, it becomes like this open world sandbox like playground in, in in the same sense that the witcher's like that and like gta's like that and you can go to all these little hamlets around the castle and, and around hogsmeade and interact with people and tip singers and dancers and stuff at the side of the road and you know find all these little merchants and buy all sorts of stuff off them and then the puzzles and like the merlin trials and all this these things going on I'll, i'm I was trying to get as much of the story done before recording this podcast so I could talk about it sort of in a little mm. bit more in depth. But like you just said, Charlie, there's so much that distracts you when you're sort of just playing the game. Yeah. And when I first turned the game on and I kind of got out of the intro and I could sort of free roam a little bit, I walked around the castle for fucking hours because <laughs> the castle is a real achievement, in my opinion, from from the yeah, developers. It, really it is, is absolutely stunning. It looks amazing. Yeah, I found when I started to play the game, when I got the freedom to go and explore, I was the same as you, James. I was exploring all the different rooms that you could find, solving the puzzles, talking to as many people as I could. And I found that when I was talking to someone to accept a quest, I had genuine interest and wanted to listen to all the dialogue options. And I'm not, I am quite a patient gamer. I will play and I won't skip cutscenes, but I might skip optional dialogue because once i know what the quest is i'm not really too fussed about all the intricate intricacies about whatever mission i'm about to go on to yeah but with this i just found myself not like riveted like i'm sat on the edge of my seat but i just <laughs> found myself completely immersed in the world enough to want to have a great understanding of what i'm doing and why i'm doing it and i feel like the way the game drip feeds you uh, like abilities and different game mechanics. Mm. Like I'm, I'm like 20 plus, maybe even more hours into the game. And now the game introduces to me beasts or like. Um, yeah. And the room of requirement and. Yeah. And the room of requirement. Like I haven't even unlocked all of that yet. And yeah, I feel that drip feed of, of new things to do has just kept me so interested for so much longer. Um, yeah. And another thing I want to say is, I once I complete a game, very rarely will I go back and maybe do all the achievements or collect all the collectibles. I haven't done that for years. Like once mm. I've done with the main story, I'm done. But I yeah. I genuinely feel like I want to 100%. I want to collect all the pages. I want to collect and see. I, I just want 100% my guidebook. And I really want to do that. And I haven't had that uh, like urge in hundreds of games I've played. So I feel the same. Yeah. I'm I'm quite I'm pleasantly surprised. Mm. I was a little bit skeptical leading up to launch. I think it's just the like veteran gamer in me like <laughs> they've showed this this looks yeah. good. I thought you'd be stuck just in like the grounds of Hogwarts. I didn't mm. think they'd yeah, have maybe, that maybe much. you have like one town and like Hogsmeade or something. Yeah, I, th I thought you'd have Hogsmeade and then you'd have that and then there'd be stuff blocked off and you might go to certain places because of missions but probably never go back. But yeah. I, I sort of forgot that Avalanche were involved and like I should have expected this after like Mad Max was incredible. Yeah, one of my favourites. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's charming. It feels refreshing and I don't yeah. remember the last time a AAA game makes me want to go and do all the side quests mm. yeah the drip feeding like you said works perfectly it's not like fallout where it's right you're out there's the world i'd probably get nothing done 
because I'd be running around trying everything. But this, it's like, right, you've got to go to this class. You've got to go and throw a mandrake at this random thing. Then I'll teach you a spell. And yeah. You go and then you get the new yeah. spell and yeah, then you the, go, the, right, the I want pacing, to try this. The pacing of the game, like generally, yeah. is actually very mm. good. I don't know what it is about the game, but like it makes me... I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I like games that are immersive and, and um, but to be sucked into the world and stuff, but I don't usually play games like that. Usually with with games, I'll just kind of like do what I want, particularly with open world games. There are very few games that make me want to play the game as if I'm How the character, like what yeah. fits narratively, you know, with that, within that world. Uh, Red Dead is one of those games. And um, yeah, but with, with, with Hogwarts Legacy, it was just kind of like, if I'd go out and do a mission... And like that was off-site and I'd kind of go off or away from the school, for example, where I'd, I'd get changed to something. I'd get changed back into my school uniform when I'm going back <laughs> to the school and going to the I, classes. Because I, I don't do want to be sat in, I don't want to be sat, I don't want to be sat in the fucking classroom with like some funky purple hat yeah. on, some weird mask on and like dressed in some, just like the most outrageous costume because that's so immersion breaking <laughs> for me. So I'll get changed back <laughs> into my uniform and go to class as if I haven't just yeah. fucking obliterated 20 dudes outside Hogwarts ground like everything's normal (laughs) Harry Potter could never yeah I do the exact same thing James I have my school uniform and I am wearing the default gown and I've got my exploration uniform and I went upstairs because my brother's playing it too he's fucking sat in class wearing some funky ass outfit that no other student is wearing I'm like why are you not wearing the uniform like you're a student I I don't know he doesn't get it see that's me just what, combat what? rolling across the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a Saints Row yeah. cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> combat rolling, spamming R. That's me. Yeah. But the game is great, and I feel mm. like they've nailed it. Going back to the point that you made earlier, James, about wanting to have a proper Harry Potter, Hogwarts game as a kid, loving the films, loving the books, this game... If this game came out when I was a kid, this would probably be my favourite game. Like, I'm not mad, yeah. mad about Harry Potter. Like, I appreciate it and I enjoy it. But this game is everything that I wanted when I was a kid, when I wanted the Harry yeah. Potter game that I dreamed of. I mean, I think I'm the same as you, Ben. I'm I'm not like a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm. I'm definitely a fan. Like, I've seen, I've yeah, seen all yeah, the films too. and I've seen them multiple times. And, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban is a fantastic movie, as is The Deathly Hallows Part 1. <laughs> But like I'm not like a huge, huge fan and like my Harry Potter lore and knowledge is is good, but it's not amazing like some people have. But um there's something about this this world and particularly the way the game is being created where it's just it's just it captures that sense of like fantasy and magic that you kind of loved when you were a kid and you were reading the books and watching the films for the first time and it really draws you in and it's it, it feels very comforting to kind of, you know, as an adult experience that. In, in and appreciate in the way that you would have appreciated it if you had the chance to play that game growing up. Yeah. So in mm. terms of like like, I, but you know, I, I can sit, we can sit here and kind of fanboy about the game. But I've I actually do have some criticisms of the game. Like yeah, I've got a few. The, the the there are serious performance issues on PC. Like ray tracing is busted. Yeah. It's it's broken. It just doesn't mm. work. And there are massive frame drops. But I think they've released a couple of updates that have addressed some of the frame drops in particular. But I've not tried the game with ray tracing on but it looks and plays better with it switched off. Like the reflections are, are better when ray tracing is off. That's yeah, just, it's funny that's you say weird. that because I, I did play it post-patch and I have got all the ray tracing on. I've actually noticed an FPS drop overall from okay. the update since. I haven't tried it with the ray tracing off. 
I will do, but yeah, I noticed a bit of a frame drop. But I'm the same as you. I get the frame drops, the, the stutters, the freezes. Most of the time it's fine, but it can be quite um, jarring for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had Hogsmeade's like very choppy for yeah. me. I don't yeah. know why. And then also I've noticed, you know the little save logo at the bottom? Like it mm. will just be, I will see the outline of the box that's oh, animated okay. and like the pixels go across which is quite emotional. Yeah, do you, do, do you ever get that with the start menu as well when you pause it you get the blue box in the background where it's kind of like not rendered yeah. the, the, the the menu like items properly. That's happened to me yeah, a few yeah, times. I've not had any of those. I've had like a bit of frame dropping. Yeah. But like quite infrequently I'd say. I've not, I've not had any of the other stuff. But I do think, I think overall though, those that it's not enough for me to dislike the game or to tell people not to buy it. Like no. I wouldn't say it, tell someone not to buy it based on that because there are issues that aren't kind of game breaking for me. They're, they're annoying, but it's nothing kind of that you, as sad as it might sound, nothing that you wouldn't really expect from AAA game development in 2023. And a game this well, size as and well. And a game this size. That's it. I mean, by as far as... Um, bugs and game breaking issues go like this is an exemplary example of a triple a title doing it really well and yeah. and achieving what most triple a developers can't at the minute do mm. so yeah i mean typical avalanche really but yeah get a couple of um the mouth doesn't always sync up with the words that's happened a couple of times mm. i quite like that though that reminds, reminds me of like the witcher <laughs> Like the witches, yeah. the witches got these really sort of quirky kind of like visual animate uh, things and like um, animations and stuff. And when I when I spent like a decent amount of time on on Hogwarts Legacy, I, I was thinking about the Witcher at the same time. Not because it's like this epic kind of open world RPG. Because I mean, to be honest, the RPG mechanics are very light in comparison. Yeah. But there's these kind of like strange quirks that Hogwarts Legacy has that remind me of The Witcher, that was some of the reasons why I fell in love with the game because there was silly, like you'd turn around and Roach would be on the roof of a house, like things like that. <laughs> and it just makes you laugh because it's like, yeah, well, that shouldn't be happening, but it's just funny anyway. Yeah. Also, Maybe you should. They've nailed, they've nailed like the British charm and I don't know how else to word it because I'm so used to like American games mm. and it's like everything's American, everything's about America. It's like this, this and that. But yeah, but You've got like Simon Pegg's in it, yeah. And yeah. It, I don't know what it is. They've just nailed like the British sense of humour and like mm. the little tongue-in-cheek jokes and mm. like yeah. the teachers. The sayings. Some of the, the teachers are a bit snooty, and like, yeah. some of them are anyway. So like, I don't know. It just... I find myself repeating back the lines in the like yeah. excellent English that they speak. Yeah. That we, obviously, <laughs> we're very. Not excellent English, but but going back yeah. to the lip sync, I've got I watched this video a while back about this game development, and I have um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Basically, apparently, developing a game and licks, lip lip syncing is lip. a yeah I can't even lip sync <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> lip syncing is apparently one of the developers' most hated parts of developing a game because apparently it's really? just so difficult. So whoever was tasked with making the characters lip sync, that was like, we're sorry, but you have to lip sync. And they're like, yeah. no, it's the worst job. Because apparently it's <laughs> so hard to nail. It's got to be awful yeah. to do. Unless you're mo-capping. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of other criticisms, actually, that I'd like to kind of share with you guys, because I'm interested to see what your, your thoughts are. So we talked about the game being quite immersive and you know, going back to class and putting your, your school uniform on and like pretending that you're a student and things like that. 
But for anyone who's tried being a dark wizard or doing naughty things, this is where the game kind of falls a little bit flat for me personally. Because uh, well, one of the things um, that for me is not quite right with this aspect of the game, the, the, player's, the player character's dialogue is always too nice and too cheery. Like, mm. I'll literally go and kill a bunch of fucking Ashwinder duelists and, like, I'll just destroy them. They'll be fucking wrecked by the time I'm finished with them. And then I'll, like, walk past Hogsmeade and he'll be like, oh, they say all roads lead to Hogsmeade. He's yeah. like, dude, you just killed, like, 20 people. I know. And like, there's just things like that, that that kind of break that immersion for me. And I, I was thinking that, do you, do you think that the game would have been better served if they had some kind of karma system in it that... Ch- yeah. You know, if it went either way, good or bad, it would change NPCs' Alter perspective of you. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Because like you said, you'll just go and absolutely murder someone and then you'll get rewarded at the end of it. They're like, oh, I can't believe you've got rid of that troll or yeah. you've got rid of these for me. Thank you ever so yeah. much. It's like, I've split that dude in half. But it's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you were going for like a completely saint, like hero, you're a good mm, yeah. wizard... How would you then, if you do have to go and fuck up some Ashwinders? Well, well you would just like disarm them and oh, then like, freeze okay. them or whatever, yeah. Like, yeah. like they do in the movies. And one issue I have as well is there's one mission where you learn how to, slight spoiler alert, where you learn how to lockpick and there's prefects about mm. and you have to be like, turn yourself on and not get caught by the prefects because you're out after curfew. After that, that never happens again. You're wandering around. At like yeah, two in I would, the I would yeah. love it if at night there were prefects just roaming the halls yeah. of Hogwarts. And if they didn't I catch you, just, they yeah. sent you back to your room and it just like skipped time to the next day. Mm, I would love it if that happened because I thought that would be really good because that, like you should, like, obviously there's a big emphasis on, on who is it? It's the, um, the caretaker who's like, oh, students yeah. out of bed at night or whatever he says. And, and yeah. Um, yeah, so it's such a big sort of thing about, you know, not you're not allowed to go around the school at night. You know, get get into get back to your dorm. But yeah, you can run around the, the castle as much as you want in the middle of the night and no one cares. And they openly send you to the Forbidden Forest. Yeah. So yeah, go and look in there for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll meet you in the Forbidden Forest. <laughs> I'll meet you there. So Ang, I did do... you just say the Forbidden Forest? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do I do understand again your point regard because I think the devs probably did think about nighttime. Because how couldn't they? It was such like a prevalent yeah. part. But then how do you balance that with the players? I just think and, you and just the freedom as well. Like, that they're just yeah. trying to offer. It doesn't have to be littered with prefects, but maybe there's like towards the exits, you have to be a bit sneaky to mm. get out of it. Because if you yeah. want to go and do something, but also you can just jump around that with the fast travel. So maybe they thought, oh, they're only going to fast travel anyway. So Yeah. yeah I've got a true. criticism too, actually, that I'd like to see fixed. Um, so... You can, for those who don't know, you've got up to four different, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Spell slots. Yeah, spell slots. So you can assign four different spells and you can cycle through them. So you can have all your combat spells and maybe three of them. And in the fourth one, you've got some other spells that aren't maybe combat focused. I find it quite jarring that during combat, when I'm trying to cycle through my spells, I might accidentally switch to my spells that include um conjuring a fucking table when you're yeah yeah spells yeah Yeah. making my wand into a torch i can't remember what the spell names i'd like to be able to say lumos that's the torch 
<laughs> like the Rumeo. Rumeo. <laughs> I like to have the ability to assign, like, this is a combat row of spells. This is a combat row of spells. This is a oh, non-combat so row when you of go spells. Into combat. Okay. Yeah, so when I'm in yeah. combat, I can't I accidentally flick to... Because when you're out exploring, yeah. it's useful to have your Lumos bound, and then you might suddenly get into combat when you haven't got time to switch them out so you don't so i just like to see combat spells combat spells combat spells non-combat spells don't take me to the combat spells if i'm doing combat i had this thing happen like this where i'd have i had unlocked two rows of spells mm. and then i had one which was always my combat one and one was the exploration one after a cut scene or i would go a little it would automatically switch back to the top one which was mm. like repair row and stuff like that and i'm before combat, it would always seem to switch. Oh. Even though I was on the combat one, it jarring. Yeah, yeah. And I had to keep like running away, yeah. quickly switching, coming back. Yeah, because I was wondering if there if there was they probably did um, toy with the the weapon wheel kind of system at some point. Because obviously you got the tool wheel where you can use your sort of combat plants and your your potions and stuff like that. Um, but I, 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 there's so many spells. I don't really know how else they would do it. But being yeah. able to lock the um, mm. certain spells out of out of use in combat would be a really good yeah, thing. Or I'd maybe like have like that. some kind of dynamic thing so that when you go into combat, it changes your spell set to your combat spell mm. set like by itself. Yeah. Or yeah. or maybe they add it to the tool wheel and like you can choose combat, you can choose exploration, and then it unlocks all of your combat sort of spells that you can scroll through. Then yeah. all of your exploration spells that you can scroll through or whatever. I don't because like the tool wheel. I never use Do it. You use mouse and keyboard or controller mouse and keyboard yeah same so i'll for example to get the broom i'm pressing i'm holding tab and, and then three. and then either i'll typically i'll just click on the broom but then i'll get off the broom and i'll think right tab oh no i've just thrown some cactus Fucking or whatever it is like a cabbage. chomping cabbage yeah, yeah. That's, the one. <laughs> that's like no i just wanted to get on my broom i feel like there should be just yeah. a dedicated key to just get on the broom. Yeah, yeah just a random on keyboard. Like, there's no reason why there's not. They don't have yeah. that on keyboard because you've obviously you've like, got your whole keyboard to assign the key to. Yeah, um, or yeah, you know, what you know is it? I think it's B by default to land your broom. Just have that. Where all right, you're getting on your broom. B, B because broom makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I need B to go into a separate mem <laughs> like a separate menu just to. Yeah. So that's yeah, a bit of yeah. I'd like to see some of those changes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, just curious. Did anyone, oh. when they made their character, mm -hmm. pitch the voice down? Yeah, I did. Because no. I did, and the voice sounds robotic for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. I noticed it, that. It's it like it, it just. I don't know. Well, Emotion you can tell it's been processed. It, you can tell it's been like uh, it's got processing in it, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Obviously, they've, they've the, the whoever the recorded same voice. the voice in in real life is the same voice. It's just been pitched lower, so you're gonna hear, you know, that that kind of the byproduct of that would be, mm. you know, robotic yeah, noises. Yeah, my guy sounds like a cyborg half the time. Yeah. Did you put it down then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just kept my default. Um, another thing did. I'd like to see. Um, okay. So, the game being very immersive, I want to play it as immersively as possible. So, as well as obviously changing changing into my school uniform. I like to walk around the school grounds. I don't want to be sprinting, running and gunning it everywhere. I want to take my time and go for a stroll. Um, unfortunately, every time you press the walk key, 
as soon as you stop walking, it untoggles it. So then yeah. you have to toggle it back on to walk. And it. Mm. I just want, if I toggle walk, just stay yeah. on. Just stay on, walk. Yeah. It's such it's a, a massive issue in a lot of games. I mean, walk. every yeah. time you move forward, you're just like sprinting everywhere. It's like, no, I just want to I mean, like, let's stroll let's, around. I mean, it, it sounds like we're moaning a lot, but let's, let's nah, just be honest. These are, um, these are minor quality of life improvements that we would like to see in the game because, I mean, like we've said, overall, the game is fantastic. It's a brilliant game and I, I am yeah. personally really, really enjoying it. And I'll tell you what, I actually, I wasn't expecting much from the story itself, but I am really enjoying the story. Yeah, And I me feel too. like the whole kind of ancient magic thing um, really f- helps to fill out like the history of the magic world. And I don't know if, if you know, that would be considered canon for the Harry Potter books, but it's um, interesting to see that kind of history there and to see how you know witches and wizards possibly had access to this long lost magic from from centuries Mm. ago another thing about the ancient magic that i think is crucial to making the game more akin to the film so harry potter's special the one thing about harry potter is everyone knows him because of his uh past and he is the main character even if the, the story was based on someone else harry potter is the main character yeah to to make your you're not just some generic student you are special and by having the ancient magic and people already know your name before you arrive so the same way harry potter goes into us into a shop and oh you're harry potter in the game i feel like just as special (laughs) if you know what i mean it's maybe a weird thing to say but i feel like they nailed it in regards to into in regards to that like i feel Mm. different i feel special i feel unique that's a really good point because, I, mm. sorry, Colin, to, to, to cut you off there, because it would be very easy for if there wasn't that kind of like uniqueness about the character that you've, um, that, that you're playing, it'd be very easy to kind of be distracted by the whole Harry Potter thing and like mm. Voldemort, like these big names that are in the universe. Um, it'd be easy to sort of like think about or even fantasize about, well, where does my character fit in? Where does he compare to all of those? But the fact that you are special and you have got this link to this, you know, long lost kind of forgotten ancient magic, it really makes the story really interesting for me. And mm. I, I, I am thoroughly enjoying the story and enjoying the characters yeah. and enjoying the characterizations of all the different sort of people in the world. And Professor Fig as well. What a guy. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Oh, yeah, I am a little bit, weirded out by how accepting every student is to like this random fifth year popping up yeah, like, yeah. you would like it's probably well, you know you know like, like if you were at school and you'd be yeah, at and school the and then, like in in year in 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 um so you're in like year 10 or year 11 just some random kid joins you'd be like yeah. who the fuck who are you where are you from yeah. what, what <laughs> yeah. you're not making here? any friends here mate yeah. <laughs> like, yeah there's the one thing like obviously they want you to be part of the story and all this but like you would get something fucking said like where have you been what are you doing yeah. Why is this random 50 But could you started? imagine how much, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not accusing the developers of being lazy, <laughs> but could you imagine how much extra narrative work they'd have to put into the game if you joined that school from year one? Yeah. Like, you'd yeah. have to have your family would have to be involved, all your friends from, like, growing up through school would have to be involved, all the history of, like, those previous four years would have to be sort of explained. Like, there would yeah. be so much work. It kind of makes sense for them to just have a fresh face in this school where you kind of get dumped into it and no one knows you because then it kind of feels like you yourself when you play the game are joining a school as well mm. for the first time. There's not all this backstory you've got to catch up on. That's it. And I think that's a great point. Another point is um, 
you wouldn't be able to learn half the spells because obviously that, they'll learn spells so, as they yeah. go up the years. But I think the development part of it is key. Like, how yeah. would they develop four or five years? You'd be you'd be in the middle of a fight, and your your classmate would be like, "Use use use incendio, use incendio," and you would be like, "I don't know how." Yeah, <laughs> you haven't learned it yet. What is that? <laughs> Why is he talking Latin? <laughs> Yeah. Unless you're a foreign exchange student from one of the other schools. Mm. Well, I quite like that. It's the sound of that school. That um, do, do you remember the character Natty? So she mm. she went to a school where they don't use wands. They can wield magic with their hands. I want to go yeah. to that school. Yeah, That's the I'll school I want to see because they all sound OP as fuck over there. But that's another point about the game. I love the way it fleshes out the lore of the Harry Potter world. I never knew about a school in Africa. Yeah. Or that there were other schools further than... Europe, yeah, or magic America. schools. Because in in the in the books and in the, in the films, in the only kind of like thing you get from other sort of um, like magic schools are the ones you see at the uh, the Quidditch House Cup, uh, not Quidditch House Cup, the, the Goblet of Fire, like the the tournament. Yeah. you know the the whatever it's called, the Trial Wizard tournament. That's what I was trying to say. That's the uh, one. Yeah, so you see those other two schools come in, and um, yeah, apart from that, you don't really know anything else outside mm. of sort of Hogwarts and outside of. Hogsmeade and the area and, and you know the ministry that's all you kind of know about do you know what else I love okay I love the integration with the Harry Potter fan club app so yeah where, that's a great touch yeah I, I, I was so in the lead up to the development and the trailers that we'd see I was like oh, I really because I hadn't seen it anywhere or even see or saw it hinted anywhere but the fact that so I'll, I'll go from the start for those of you who don't know there's a Harry Potter fan club like questionnaire, basically, where you can take part in this interactive quiz and it will try and find the house that best suits you. And you can also do your wand and you can also do your Patronus. The game, when you boot it up, wants to link with this Harry Potter fan club app so that your house will be chosen and your wand will be chosen or like it will be linked to your app so that your house will be pre-selected because obviously you've got into Gryffindor or Slytherin or whatever and your specific wand will also be assigned to you because your questionnaire has found the items or the house best suited to you so yeah. I, I love that if once again if that makes any sense I think I'm cursed with that sort of stuff because it took me like an hour to link my account because the server was just oh busy yeah me I too yeah. I'd like <laughs> everyone was on it Division 1 vibes yeah I thought yeah, I'd I'd Division 1 vibes yeah. that fucking cute <laughs> I was sitting there like I was like, "Come on, just link," and then yeah. it kept. I got like the uh, yeah. the wind. Uh, no, the Mac wheel of death just mm. kept going. Yeah. I, was like, oh. I accidentally See, I I closed it. I didn't it. get any of that, and I don't know if that's because I was playing on yours initially. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Didn't did get you, that. What, what house did you get in, Charlie? Have interest. Um, oh, we should have started with that. <laughs> initially. Well, we can we can end me, of it. We can end of it. It yeah. wanted me to go and Ravenclaw. Oh, big but up Ravenclaw. I'd already done the quiz before. Yeah, and I am a Hufflepuff. So, <laughs> quick so question then. So, okay. was there a questionnaire within the game to find your house? Yeah, so it asked you certain questions. Oh, so I, I skipped that were, obviously but... because I did the app. Well, mm. that's a, it's, I, I did the app. I linked my account, but then I still got the questionnaire, and it still put me oh. in the house that I selected, like on on, on the website. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I don't know how. I don't know if I pressed something wrong, but I still ended up in Ravenclaw because that was the house that I was given when I did the questionnaire on, on the Harry Potter fan site. Yeah. And I've got the same wand and everything, so it, I, I, I don't know. Mine come up with like, oh, like you've been put in Ravenclaw. 
But you can choose this. otherwise. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can change if you want. I didn't get that. Yeah, I that's got why I got offered to do the questionnaire, but I still got Ravenclaw anyway. Just a so Ravenclaw. Are you both arm. Ravenclaws? Yeah. Yeah, me and Connor are. Mm. Ben is Gryffindor. Goody two shoes. You're goody two shoes. My hair. Not one Slytherin. I, I think one of you two's would have been Slytherin. Both yeah, of them, I mean, I quite, I quite like Slytherin. <laughs> That's, that, that would have been, if I, if I could choose, that would be the Snake. one that I'd, I'd join. However, I wanted to stay true, you know, and do, do the quiz and yeah, well, just, just live with the house I was given. Play by the rules. Yeah. Play oh, by the rules. I've got a question for everyone. Okay, right. Let's, let's get on with it because we need to wrap this up. Yeah. What is your character's name? It's my name. Mine's just James. Oh, what's yours, Charlie? <laughs> Uh, mine, but slightly twisted on my second name. Mine is Phineas Flynn. <laughs> of course, it is. He wanted to be as immersive <laughs> as possible. Yeah, of course. Is he, is he yeah, but that's not you, though. Nah. So, are you playing? Are you are you Phineas? No, the character. I am Phineas Flynn. No, not me. I no, am not. not Phineas Flynn. But you I am then. playing. As, it's like if I'm playing as Kratos. Like I'm playing as oh, okay. Kratos. But you wanted to give I'm him like a cool name for it to be sort of part of the story. Yeah, I didn't make him look like me or anything. Like, no, he's he's a he's definitely uglier. Is that possible? How can it be? How could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's your birthday. I shouldn't say that. Right, well, that was our Harry Potter deep dive. Well, hey. So just to wrap up this week's episode, a couple of game releases to look forward to, actually. Atomic Heart, which will be out by the time this episode gets to our listeners, as will Sons of the Forest, which we spoke about earlier. Both releasing on the 21st and 23rd, respectively. As well as that, we also have the next big expansion for Destiny, Lightfall, arrives on the 28th. Are you guys picking up any of these these games? You got your eyes on any of those? Um, it keeps drawing me back in like every like 18 months. I'm trying not to like, look at it, yeah. but I can't help it. Yeah, I don't know about Destiny. I might do. I just... It just oh, gets its hooks into me. Like, yeah. I, I won't think about it for ages and then it'll be like, oh, here's a new expansion. Jump in. I'll jump in. I'll be like, oh, God, I'm back to the grind. <laughs> well, I don't know, I feel like I've missed the boat. I thought, I thought you'd be all over Atomic Heart. I'm gonna be like that. That's my most anticipated game this year, so I'll be all over that. But something about Destiny, keep, I think it's Bungie. I just trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie? Uh, nah, not really. No, not interested not really in those. Gonna just yeah. stick with stick with Hogwarts. You said that with now. Hogwarts. Yeah, you said that with Hogwarts. I mean, yeah, that is true. Atomic Heart's on. Game Pass, you should try it, Charlie. Well, I'll give it a go. Well, if it's on Game Pass, you might as well. A bit of Game Pass, so. But no, not not Destiny. It's not, not really my thing. So that's a real fucking down. <laughs> James, say. what about you, James? Uh, I'm probably going to check out Atomic Heart because it just looks like Bioshock set in a weird sort of Soviet era, Russia. Um. Sons of the Forest as well. I mean, I know we spoke about it earlier, mm. but I'm, I'm definitely interested to check that game out because I never played The Forest, but Sons of the Forest looks awesome. So I'm definitely interested yeah, in that. And I'm just not thinking about Destiny at the moment because I refuse to let myself get suckered back into that game, even though it will likely happen at some point. So mm. yeah, I guess I'll check them all out sooner or later. Well, that was episode one of Checkpoint Radio. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, you can catch us every other Friday with our next episode, episode two, releasing on Friday the 10th of March. 
In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Checkpoint Radio. That's all one word, where we post up-to-date news and other gaming-related stuff. We also have a Discord server. We'd love for you to come and hang out with the community, chat to us directly, and you can tap the link in the bar of our Instagram page if you want to join that. If you want to reach out to us directly, you can send an email to hello at checkpointradio.co.uk. We would really love to hear from you. But that's all for now. My name is James. I'm Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 See ya.